Santa's coming in town. Purgatory podcast. Welcome back. This is your host, Mega Harrison, and this is your co-host and producer, Chad Davis. You're waving. Oh yeah, I guess it is on live. So I always, (laughs) I always forget to introduce you. I kick it to you to throw it to you, but we can work on that. We will fix it eventually. So this is a podcast where we talk about Christmas movies all year long hypothetically oh, we boy. just started a month ago so <laughs> <laughs> so today we're talking about a classic christmas movie it is the quintessential christmas movie to some a christmas story so hmm. i'm gonna read a little synopsis of this so this is a movie from 19 wait 1983 which was the year i was born uh yeah. and okay so this is Based on the humorous writings of author Gene Shepard, this beloved holiday movie follows the wintry exploits of youngster Ralphie Parker, Peter Billingsley, who spends most of his time dodging a bully, Zach Ward, and dreaming of his ideal Christmas gift, a Red Ryder air rifle. Frequently at odds with his cranky dad, Darren McGavin, but comforted by his doting mother, Melinda Dillon, Ralphie struggles to make it to Christmas Day with his glasses and his hopes intact. Comforted by his doting mother, Melinda Dillon. <laughs> I just heard me. Um, so yeah, just before we get to the next part, sorry, yep. listener, you will be hearing chirping, and that is oh, yeah. shots, uh. carbon monoxide detect. So might we might lose Chad during uh, this, um, and if so, yeah, uh, R.I.P. So, but kick it to you, Chad, for the the Rotten Tomatoes. Oh yeah, Rotten Tomatoes. You know me, I love my Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. So the critic on the critic side of the uh, the movie here, uh, it is at eighty nine percent, and that's with fifty seven reviews. Louise. Yeah, and then the audience review. They have 285,945 reviews on this movie. And 88% of them said that this movie is good. So uh, this is a good movie. This is probably... um, I think out of the three movies that we've done so far, it's been like the highest rated on both sides. Um, I think uh, National Lampoon's was a little uh, different on both sides. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think generally overall, I think a lot of people like this movie. So this is crazy to me. Okay, so there, are a quarter of a million people, or over a quarter of a million people, have rated this. 
Yep. Why why would you throw your hat into the ring? You should be just to be like, oh, I liked it too. Like, what? Get out of here. Come on. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and okay, I'm coming from this. I am from the position of kind of a hater. Like, I'm sorry. I grew up with this movie. It is a Christmas classic. It is part of my life. But watching this movie makes me feel feelings that are overwhelmingly negative. There are so many frowny faces in my notes from when I felt bad, bad feelings, <laughs> bad, bad feelings. And I don't like that. I want to feel happy feelings, smiley faces. I want to feel good. This is, this is not a feel good movie. This is, this is a, I don't know what it is. You got to save me, Chad. Like, do you love this movie? Yeah. I got nothing but smiley, oh. smiley faces on my notes. <laughs> uh, you know, when I'm looking for a Christmas movie, I look for the warm, tingly, Christmassy feelings. Those tingly feelings inside when you when you feel that Christmassy feeling. And I gotta say, most of this movie is not those feelings. It's bad. <laughs> To be poetic about it, it's yeah. mostly just it's mostly uh, just cringing, awkward, uh, uh, anxiety feelings. But okay, but it's still at its heart. This is a movie about kids loving Christmas. It passes my kind of kid Bechdel test that I haven't given a name for, which I have not spoken about. I don't think here, which is. Kids have to be in a, if a movie is about kids and it has kids and if it's for kids, kind of, it has to have kids, kid talking to another kid about something other than their parents. Like that's the, that's, that's the test. And this, it is very much from the perspective of Ralphie. It has that voiceover type of device, like wonder years. And it gives you, I think it's set in like the fifties or something. Uh, yeah, they there was an actual an article that I read where they were trying to determine when this actually took place, and they're trying to take because like things don't match up in the movie itself. Uh, because like when he was talking, yeah, there's like different things that they were talking about. Like they were trying to take like because when the dad was talking about the the Packers playing the the Lions, I think uh, like that game took place in 1950. But there's also another scene uh, where he was reading the newspaper and whatever he was reading took place in 1949. And then there's another he was scene. reading the newspaper the whole time. They, <laughs> they, they, they had to run out of newspaper props. They're like, I don't know. We don't have any more dig up walls. Like, I don't know. where you, It was filmed in 83. Where do you get all these vintage newspapers? Of course, they're not going to have perfect newspapers. Yeah. Who knows? But, but yeah. I like the forensics on um, like trying to find out based on sports games. <laughs> sports games. <laughs> I know all about sports ball. Uh, but anyway, so this is a movie. <laughs> so it starts out, okay, with that that great voiceover, that Wonder Years kind of thing. Yep. It's for all from the perspective of Ralphie, this lovable, lovable sweet little kid. Uh, and then it starts in the beginning immediately tense because his parents are yelling at him and I'm already like oh no and uh the whole thing when he says my parents looked at me like lobsters were crawling out 
out of his ears. I, I love, I love that. I love any kind of kind of descriptive thing. And yeah. that, but you already from the beginning, you're framed with the family dynamics. Like he has this little brother who's kind of hopeless and whiny and just pain. But that's also kind of your understanding that this is his remembering of it. So mm-hmm. it's kind of colored through his point of view. And then his mother, who is just really, uh, she's smarter than the father, but he, the father is very cocky about everything and very serious about all of his competitions that he, that he enters. Like you really, really do get a very clear idea of who everybody is. Um, (laughs) But then, and then there's also the thing where the mom's like, there are starving people in China, which is something that parents <laughs> used to say all the time. It's like, you can't throw out yep. your bread crusts because people are starving <laughs> and they just name whatever part. Do they still do that? I don't know. Gosh. They always people. use, they always used to, when I, when I was growing up, my mom would always say that like China, like Why were people China? really starving in China? China? Is- now changed gosh no but uh there's one scene too it's so tense for me there's the father that goes to the basement because there's the whole boiler issue Mm. and they his voice coming out of it it sounds like have you ever watched psycho like the original psycho it sounds like norma bates corpse like screaming from the from the uh, house that can be heard from the motel. And it just makes me feel he has. So basically Ralphie is having this harrowing morning from what I saw to me. It was already before he got the door. It's too much. Goes out into the world to school and everything and sees his friends. Um, His one friend is freaking cool. The kid with the goggles pilot. There were several people wearing pilot goggle hats. I have that written down because of the kid that was waiting in line with them. Um, at the uh, the Santa line, the little yeah, at the nerdy mall. little kid. The, yeah, the he had like the mall has the goggles. Oh my god! But then also his best friend that he runs into, who, whatever his name is. Ugh, was it the same kid that cool. got his that, that got his tongue stuck on the yes. flagpole? Yes. Yeah, Flick. Yeah, and that kid. His name was Flick. That made me Flick. That made me so upset. It makes me so upset because that kid comes out in the beginning. You're like, this kid's so cool. He's like, what does it look like? I'm doing picking goobers. <laughs> and then that he gets done dirty like that immediately. It made me, it makes me so upset. Anyway. He gets done dirty twice in this movie. It's uh, yeah. 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 So yeah. anyway. Yeah. So wait, what? He goes to school. Yeah. He um, pretty much like the, you, like you said, the, uh, a lot of a lot of scenes. There's a lot of like dream sequences in this movie too, where Ralphie oh, like yeah, dreams yeah, yeah. about scenarios and stuff. And this is where we get the first kind of dream sequence because this is when um, the mother, I believe, the mother asks Ralphie what what he wanted for uh, Christmas. And this is the first that we've heard of him saying that he wanted the Red Rider BB gun. And the first dream sequence is him protecting his family from the burglars that were like oh kind of coming around this yard <laughs> and he's like just picking them off. So that, that was the very first like dream sequence that we got. That was pretty cool. Um, I really enjoyed all the dream sequences that he had, like, cause it was kind of like, like you said earlier, him remembering the sequ- dream sequences as an adult. So like they're over, like really over hyped and over played out and stuff and really silly. 
And I, I really like the dream sequences. So I they- know I love that with the burglars, but it is funny too. Cause it's like, he has this dream of himself. He envisions himself needing to protect his family, yeah. uh, which is so sweet, really. Like, and really everything he does in this comes from a perspective of a sweet kid, but yeah. the world he's living in is to me, of it, the perception is that there's just meaningless um, uh, uh, punishment for things that maybe you shouldn't be punished for. It's just this punitive world. So and this follows through even to kind of his interactions with his peers, like mm. the, uh, all the, okay, but we need to, what are we talking about? Okay. We need to talk about. You're, you're starting, scene. you're starting to talk about the, the kids walking to school uh, at that yes. point. Like this is like right after the dream sequence uh, that you and kind of meet, so- meet his friends a little bit. I love, I love the friends. I love the banter between the friends and the silly yep. things that they say to each other. Um, uh, I liked, uh, they're talking about the, they're really come out hot talking about the tongue to the pole thing. Yep. And did you even catch what the kid, the one kid said that his father knew of somebody who stuck their tongue to a railroad track Yeah. and it's stuck. That yeah. is such dark imagery. That <laughs> is so upsetting to me where that kind of, if you follow it through to its obvious conclusion, I mean, they said that the fire department came and got him, but it's, uh, uh, I don't like it. It makes, yeah. makes me, I don't like it at all. I don't like it. So anyway, <laughs> flick. This is, uh, this is also like a reoccurring. <laughs> Like a reoccurring uh, joke that they had running through the, the throughout the movie too with the the brother, uh, because his mom bundles it up, bundles him up in this this big giant suit like snowsuit, which is absolutely ridiculous. But uh, the the recurring joke was that he just couldn't keep up with everybody and he's always lagging behind, and he he was kind of annoying. Uh, it seems like he's a little annoying little brother. I don't know if that's he's awful because of the retelling of the story throughout, you know, through the adult's <laughs> eyes. But yeah, he, he just whines all the time. He's like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And he gets pushed over a lot and he just kind of looks like a turtle on his shell, like just trying to get up. Yeah. The sound go. of him crying. So <laughs> at the sound of him crying still makes me upset. It's just, yep. so, uh, oh God, I can't get it. The way that he, whines and screams it's up i just don't i don't know kids are annoying anyway but that's not the point (laughs) that's not the point so yeah there he's chatting with his friends and everything and uh they they get to this the daring the daring well we get to the school first and they kind of like show the the very first scene at school kind of introduces you to um the uh, how the school, like how that class, like likes playing a lot of pranks on each other and stuff. Because like when they first start off, oh, they have all the, the, the teeth on the teacher, and they all had like the the I wax hated teeth. That. And I so that. it kind of like paints a picture that you know this class is kind of a bunch of goofballs, and that they're gonna do a lot of goofy things to each other, uh, and kind of like stick together. Even if they're gonna get in trouble, they're gonna kind of stick together and not kind of rat each other out or anything like that so but then you get to the the scene where they start double dog daring each other and and triple was there a triple dog dare there was a well they skipped they skipped the triple dare 
and went straight to the triple dog there. And that was like a big thing. Oh, okay. Gosh, I'm just, I'm yeah. sorry. I just don't know. I'm just not, I guess it's a boy <laughs> thing. Uh, it reminded me a lot of World According to Garp and how they have like different terminology in that. Yeah. Uh, I'm so, I'm so book, I'm so bookish. <laughs> but, uh, but then, <laughs> but then, yeah, they dare flick. You can't, what are you going to do when you're dared like that? If, these are kids, but if someone, I'm an yeah. adult, if someone dares me like to do something, I don't know. I don't I don't know. Peer pressure still works. Uh, it definitely still works. But yeah, they, and it's so funny, this idea of morality that the kids have, which is very much based on kind of obedience and what they get in trouble for versus what they don't. So it's not really based on kind of what a lot of movies with kids are now, which is like a kid not listening to the authorities and just doing what they know is, which is also just like, nobody not every kid can do that. You can't all be Harry Potters of the world. But uh, so he, so Flick, they, they dare Flick to put his tongue on the pole. Of course it works. And they're all kind of like, they didn't know it would work. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it was an experiment for them. It was just a high stakes experiment. And then this is so upsetting. His, his, his screaming, come back, come back. <laughs> oh God. I can't. I have it's me. It's so upsetting. The idea of a, I don't know, maybe I was too young when I first saw this, but just the idea of a kid. And actually I did try this when I was young, except not with my tongue, just with my finger. And it mm. still kind of works with your finger. If it's like a cold enough freezer. So and you can I will, still take I will, off your fingerprints that way and commit crimes. I will tell you this, anyway. uh, growing, growing up in Maine, uh, where it got very, yeah, very cold. It. Uh, we, I have a younger brother who is eight years younger than us, uh, me and my cousin, uh, we dared him when he was like maybe six years old to put his tongue on the fence and it was probably like zero degrees. Uh, so I must've been like 14. No, that's too old. That was, that was a bad thing that you did. You knew it was wrong and you did it anyway. So so he got he got he literally got his tongue stuck on the fence and we had no idea what to do. We kind of acted like these kids a little bit. We were really like, oh shit, what what the hell are we gonna do now? <laughs> Just like we're gonna get in trouble and not yeah, we're gonna get in so much trouble. A child could die. <laughs> so uh, I will tell you, unlike this movie, uh the fire department and the police department did not have to come. Uh my dad just came out with some warm water. And poured the hot water, like the warmish hot water, on the tongue, and it came off. Uh, but yeah, we did definitely get in some trouble for that. So that's great, great tips. So in case you <laughs> other you listeners don't know, feel free to go outside when it's cold, lick a pole, just bring a thermos, and with, you're with good water. to go. Good to go. Yeah, yeah with good. warm water in it, or yeah. some soup. Soup probably works. Mm. I, I don't know, but. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so anyway, they leave Flick out on yep. the pole, just in the cold, uh, to go back inside because the bell is ringing. And oh no, they can't be disobedient; they have to go by the bell. And then the teacher sees he's this. I can't imagine that being that teacher and seeing <laughs> that scene of just and and realizing these monsters that I thought were just playing little cute jokes with fake teeth are actually homicidal maniacs that have no sense of morality. So that's what had to go through her. And that's that. So then she has to, you know, call on everybody to help uh, 
and every he's saved flick is saved everybody he ends up being okay even though he can never trust anybody again and his tongue doesn't taste anymore maybe um and, oh gosh oh yeah and definitely- it bothers me that sorry it bothers me that the adult version of ralphie narrating this is still like ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> i'm laughing at my little brother we did it it's funny it, it is kind of funny nobody died nobody savage like- boys you guys are a problem all we did was play with barbies and maybe if we were getting a little naughty we would like make them hump each other we were not putting <laughs> each other up to any of these things any of this uh, yeah uh, yeah the barbies the barbies they would get it on when that actually was the end of innocence for me when i came because my sister as i've mentioned my older sister is uh <laughs> older than me and she, i came in one day to the bedroom and my beauty and the beast barbie was under a blanket with the the uh, beast ken naked <laughs> That was my tongue to the pole moment. That's what girls, that's what, that's what happens to girls. Oh my God. It bothers me so much that, so anyway, that bothers me. And then Scott Farkas. Yes. Scott Farkas. What a name. This is where we get introduced to the bullies. Scott Farkas. You know what? I wrote, I wrote, I wrote Scott yeah, it's S-C-S-C-U-T. Scott. What? It's Scott Farkas and, Scott. Gro- and Grover Dill. Grover Dill is the greatest name He's... of a bully. Grover Dill. Grover Dill? And Grover Dill is a tiny little person. <laughs> he looks he looks so young. Scott Farkas, his face. His face. I wonder if his face is just like that or if he was making oh making a face he probably was making a face but his raccoon tail hat was on point i, get I thought that right pretty now. cool yeah i, I would bully the- people if i had that i had one growing up no wonder you were such a bully you just had all this gravitas I arrogance a- <laughs> i definitely wasn't a bully growing up but i definitely had a raccoon tail hat you weren't cool in Maine, unless you had a raccoon tail hat. Oh my god, that's hilarious! And it was real. I think my grandfather might have made it for me out of a real raccoon. That's the most Maine thing I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. That is crazy. <laughs> but yeah, he okay. When Ralphie describes Scott Farkas, he says he has yellow eyes. That's jaundice. That's <laughs> liver disease. That's very bad. This child is, is living under abusive conditions, and as we all know now, from what we know is that bullies come from the situation that they live in and their parenting. And this child was abused. He was probably, I don't know, drinking booze and just not, he was, he is not well. He is not well, boy. Yeah. But the bully scene is actually kind of cute. I wrote, I don't know why. <laughs> Cause it was, like, a, it was, a, it was definitely a cool introduction to the bullies. Yeah. I like it because it's, you understand that they're bullies and how much Ralphie is afraid of them, but there's actually no real danger. And you're kind of like, oh, these are just dumb kids. Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> so, okay. Dumb, dumb boys. 
Then he gets back home and it's already. So I think what upsets me about this a lot is the father because he's just so brash and like, I don't like that. He doesn't clean the snow off of his car. (laughs) I don't like that in a person. I don't like that. He slams the dog's ear in the door. And then he's just like, ah, I don't like that. I no, don't. I don't like the dog, how he treats the dogs. I mean, I guess I understand from what happens later in the movie, but those dogs were just getting revenge. Like this man shut a dog's ear in a door and it whined. The dog shouldn't have been there. You know what? That's not his fault. That's on the owner's fault. That's not the dad's fault. Yeah, so the dad should go have an adult conversation. I'm sure he's had plenty of conversations with him. He has 783 dogs. He could keep them in his own yard. All right, you just, uh, whatever the father's name, apologist, this man. This guy's got dogs running through his house and he doesn't own a dog. I know, that is a little crazy. (laughs) I've never had a dog. I've never had a dog come into my house. That would be wonderful. Oh gosh. No, it wouldn't. No, I would love it. I've had a cat come in uh, to my house that wasn't my cat. That was kind of not ideal, but uh, even though I love cats, but if a dog just came in, Actually, okay. One Christmas, uh, me and an ex, he we did find a stray dog, and then we spent the whole Christmas trying to find. The story actually ends poorly because we we. I'm sorry about this story, because we we spent the whole Christmas trying to find its owner, trying to see if it was microchipped, and then we found a place that um, it wasn't. So we found a place that would take that kind of dog, and then the the person who was running this it was Christmas Day. The woman running this place was like. We're going to, hopefully we'll find the owner, but if this dog tests positive for Parvo or something like that, then we're not giving it back to its owner because they are not vaccinating their dogs. And we were like, I don't know. Okay, whatever. And it did test positive and they did find the owner and this woman wouldn't give the dog back. Oh Oh boy. I know. But anyway, I was a hero. (laughs) That was not a very Christmassy story there. I'm sorry. It started Christmassy (laughs) and then it ended really kind of tragic, but it's the opposite of this Christmas story. Okay, wait. I love, I love the, I love the eating dinner scene, like with the younger brother won't eat anything, and then he's a piggy. Yeah, I mean, I love that. that yes, that's a great scene. Uh, because the dad, uh, it, the dad, the dad and the mom take two different approaches to how to get their son to eat, and it kind of like shows you uh, the difference between the two of them. How the mom is like this sweet lady that. I love her kind so of, much. Like you said earlier, that's kind of like she's a little bit smarter than him, like in certain ways, probably that he she is probably the smarter one out of the two. And the looks I was going to say this earlier, but the looks you get from the family members are so funny. Like earlier when Ralphie was in class and the teacher was asking who had, um, you know, put Flick up to putting his tongue on the pole. As she's walking around the classroom, she knows who it is. And she's kind of like looking at Ralphie and Ralphie's kind of like looking around like, you know, as I would have done when I was in grade school, just like kind of looking around. So when you're at the the dinner table, you get these looks from Ralphie and the dad because the dad just like peeks his eyes up above the the newspaper and like kind of like shakes his head. And then you get Ralphie kind of like looking at him too, like disgusted. But you get the brother just like, mowing down on his plate like uh, a pig 
I liked that. It's such a funny scene. It's such a good scene. And I love the mother. I love actually, so even though the father makes me so anxious, the the uh all the acting from all the adults in this like this must have been so fun to Mm. act because especially when you have to do those flashback scenes and be totally crazy and over the top yeah but the next part that we're going to get into is the biggest most classic scene i think and iconography of the film which is when the father wins a major award it's a major award and nobody nobody can dissuade him from thinking that he he thought it could have been a bowling alley a bowling alley like it might be that so it's like <laughs> which oh my god who would want a bowling alley I guess people, Lyndon B. Johnson. But anyway, so he gets the box. I love a big box. I love a big, like a big wooden crate. Have you ever ever received a big wooden crate like that ever? Only for, only at work for like big instruments, big sciencey instruments. Never personally have I received a big wooden crate. And I think to be fair, I would actually be pretty pissed off if like I got a couch and it came in a, a big wooden crate. Oh my God. From like article. No, I don't if know how I would deal with that. If we're still doing this podcast next uh, Christmas, I'm going to send you a big wooden box for Christmas. Oh, that'd be so nice. But there's going to be nothing in it. It's just going to be full of what? That's stuff so that- mean. Yeah. <laughs> I've done. I've done that. I did that prank. I was a little prankster ah. in elementary school. I wrapped a small gift. It was small, so it wasn't inconvenient, but it was still the psychological thing damage that I did, which yeah. was that I wrapped for no reason a little box. And then I gave it as a gift and then it, there was nothing in it. And that was my joke. And that's why I don't have any friends. So my, my aunt used to do something similar where she would put like beads and stuff inside the box. And when you shook it, like it would be a bunch of beads, but it would be really like something else, like a, you know, a VHS or, you know, that's something. a pretty good, that's a solid ant gag. Like I'm an <laughs> ant. I should get into this. Yeah. Okay. Let's get back to the box. So of yes. course we all know what's in the box. It's labeled fragile. <laughs> Who knows how that's really pronounced? I don't know. It's Italian. And then. It's well, yeah, this- you can't, you can't just skip over this iconic like line that he has. Okay. When the, bo- when the box comes in, it says fragile and he looks at it and this just kind of, kind of shows you how. Un, not uneducated, but like just how the dad is not like in the same place as everybody else, really. Because he looks at it and he's like, Fragile, oh, it must be Italian. <laughs> and Mom just looks oh, at man. him and goes, No, I think that's such fragile. Oh, <laughs> he's like, God. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> and then she has to say everything kind of coddlingly, like, mm, I think it might be fragile instead of just being like, You dumbass so he gets to just live in his fantasy world but anyway big wooden crate he cracks it open it's full of the stuffing it's like what's it gonna be oh my god it's so exciting and then it's the worst ugliest thing that i've ever seen it's so i know that this is just something that now there are a dime a dozen that you have these leg lamps yeah it's so upsetting it's so ugly it was so funny at first when he opens it up because he's inside the box, like literally inside the box. And he picks it up and he's like, oh, my God, this is so beautiful. He's so I felt. <laughs> yes, I felt so happy for him because yeah, he was true. He was so happy about something that he had just won. He's yeah. never won anything in his life, probably. And he's getting this 
in all reality, he probably didn't think it was like the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, but because true. he had won it, like he was so proud of it, and like he brought it out, and he's like, "It's a leg," and like he was just so happy that it was a leg. He it, yeah. never mind that it was a lamp. It yeah, was just was a excited. leg. He was just a leg. He was like, "It's a leg," and he's like holding it up in the air, like it's like this big giant trophy. I know and, that's kind of true because he could have been really disappointed, and that would have been crushing because he was oh, expecting he was, a bowling alley. But he was no, so happy. he was. He at least pretended to be super happy over this fishnetted le- plastic leg lamp, where the light comes from inside of the leg. Oh. So iconic. And there's fringe on the, it's the tackiest, ugliest, weirdest thing. I can't imagine where it would be a natural decoration other than like a brothel. And just that thinking, just the thinking up of that, I wonder where it kind of came from. Like if there was anything kind of similar to that that existed previously, that would be interesting. The first thing I thought of when I rewatched it right now, I watch it every year, but while I was watching it this time around, I was trying to think of other things to like, you know, catch up, catch on and stuff. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, I'm like, how much did it cost to send this lamp? <laughs> like it had to have been over a hundred dollars to send this thing. Nowadays, it would probably cost like $200 to send that thing like in a big giant box. And one person's not dropping that thing off. Oh yeah. This one guy just carries it in like on a dolly, like, Oh, here you go. And he just drops it in the middle of the living room. That's like a four-man project. That's like a, um, you got to bring in the pallbearers for that to carry that thing in. So uh, it's just one of those things that I was thinking in my head. I'm like, how much did this thing cost to actually send? Must have been yeah. ridiculous. So the major award is really just the shipping. And no, Ralphie then- and Ralphie couldn't ha- keep his hands off this thing either. By the way. Oh yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like when a kid is kind of on the cusp of childhood and like uh, adolescence and like a uh, puberty, and he's like a, still a child with this childlike wonder, but then also a little bit horned up. I love. I love it. I love a horned up kid. <laughs> don't ask. Whatever. So <laughs> don't. No, don't take that the wrong way. <laughs> I didn't take it anyway. Anyway, and then when he plugs it in and all the fire, it starts fire and the plugs, it's so stressful. It's so stressful. So (laughs) upsetting. And then, but I like um, when he plugs it in and he's so proud and Ralphie says, the soft glow of electric sex gleaming into the window. (laughs) I love that. I like that. (laughs) But definitely that the, the kind of the, that he's on the cusp of childhood and adolescence is really emphasized by him so he's so excited by the sexy leg and the fishnet stockings but then he wants to listen to his little radio program the little orphan annie program which it's like what even is that um i don't remember i mean obviously i wasn't alive back then but from what i remember my grandfather about my grandfather and my dad telling me like they just had they didn't have tv so they listened to the radio and i'm i'm guessing from the way that it was brought up in this movie i never looked it up but i'm guessing it's just probably some i don't even know if the little annie is a guy or a girl to be honest with no you. dude it sounds like some girl stuff but that's what i was Ralphie. thinking Good yeah i don't Ralphie. know yeah but yeah okay. it was just it was just like a radio program i mean oh God, that the next to. thing though is the tree salesman they go to get a tree they all have well to before go you do tree. that before oh, you do okay. that you that? get a you get a second dream sequence I wanted to, I want to mention all the dream sequences. Okay. Um, 
The second one is it's it's not the greatest one out of all of them, but it they're at school and they're handing in their themes that the the assignment for uh, what do you want for Christmas? So he hands it in, and you get this really like it was kind of a funny oh, little yeah, scene like because when he hands it in, the scene is like the teacher grading all the papers, and she's like F F. You get an F. You get an F. Like handing out Fs, like like Oprah Winfrey all of a sudden. <laughs> and then she goes to read his, and like it's like the greatest thing in the world. And she's like an uh, A plus, A plus, 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 plus all around the room. Everybody's everybody's cheering for him. Everybody's clapping, and oh, it's all yeah. over a little BB gun. Yeah, um, so you get that, that but then you get the very awkward him just standing there in front of the teacher, <laughs> yeah. and like looking out into space. And she's like Ralphie, Ralphie. And then all the, the classmates, like, all laugh at him because he's, like, staring. And this is where you start mm-hmm. getting, like, he starts getting a little creepy around yeah. the teacher. Yeah, and it, it, and it And it acts out throughout the the rest of the movie if you catch it. Like, he, like, like but he's not doing it on purpose, like, the way that we, we see it. But he, he's kind of, like, looking at her like he's, like, in love with her or something like that. And it, it's kind of a little creepy little scenes and stuff. But it's not because he's trying to be creepy. It's because he's, you know, he wants a good grade on this on this theme, and he's trying to like kind of suck up to her or whatever. No, I think he's a little perv. I think. No, come on, he's not. I think he's learning. I think he's learning weird things in this little orphan Annie. We don't know what these kids are up to. But we're going tree shopping now. Tree shopping. This is the sleaziest, the sleaziest tree salesman (laughs) in the world. Tree shopping. I think this is why I never go tree shopping is because it makes it look so stressful in movies. Like the first movie we reviewed, which was National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And then now this movie going to a tree lot, you're not even cutting down your own tree, but it's still you're being taken for a ride by this slimy salesman trying to sell you this tree that's shedding, shedding all of its little (laughs) tree what are they called needles <laughs> needles that's yeah right. there you go that's what i hate about christmas trees they get needles everywhere like why do you want that in your home i don't want needles everywhere like, just, so know, the I, question the question i, I was a drug gonna, user if i want needles everywhere the question i was going to ask you is uh did you grow up with fake trees or real trees we grew up with i real trees i don't remember getting them i remember it must have occurred i remember having to decorate them and water them and stuff we always went with the fake tree. I hated, a lot of times I would be decorating them on my own, which seemed like to be besides the point. It's like, you're supposed to do it together. And then eventually my mom got these like weird, like little wire, like a abstract kind of trees. Mm-hmm. But then when I went to my, when I went to my uh, dad's house, my dad, my stepmom was like really into the homemaking thing, but she came from like a tinsel family. Like, are you Ooh. from a tinsel family? I'm not from a tinsel family. No, we were a light. We were lights, like the multicolored lights. Multi-colored we didn't do the white. Lights. What about we the didn't bubble lights? lights? Bubble lights? No, they were just like the regular, like really small, icicle looking ones. Okay, we had the bubble lights. We had bubble lights. They were all kind of pretty old and a little. It added to that fear of you were always afraid it was going to set a fire. Which yeah, makes it more exciting. But mm. the tinsel. I was never, t- I don't, I still hate tinsel. Like, uh, I remember the first time I applied it still, I did it wrong. Cause I did it. I was just like, I don't know. You grab it. What do you do? You put it on. And it was like, <laughs> no, you have to do it one strand at a time. Yeah. It's like, I have to do a tedious thing to make this ugly tacky 
thing happen to my tree? That's absurd. I refuse to do it. Anyway, whatever. So he's buying the tree. Yeah. They eventually find the tree that they want. And then this horrible thing happens. Mm. On the Another way back iconic the scene. Tree lot. Iconic, iconic. Mm-hmm. Super. And I think a lot of people understand, a lot of men or boys understand the stress of kind of helping your dad out and him not being very uh, patient or supportive mm. and uh, kind of buckling under that pressure. So, of course, Ralphie's helping his dad change, change the tire by holding the bolts. Pretty easy thing. All he has to do is not, not hold the bolts. He just has to <laughs> hold them. And not only does he drop that, he doesn't just drop them. He throws them. Oh God, he throws them. It's so, and then, but that's not what he's in trouble for. He's in trouble because he threw them and then said the real F word, which I assume is the four letter, letter F word. And not yeah, no, he explains it. Because he says F dash 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 or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's good that they clarified that, but it would be really weird. But, yeah, he yells out, fudge. <laughs> fudge. <laughs> oh, yeah, so then he has to get his mouth washed out with soap. Oh, the, the, when they get back into the car, when he gets back in the car and the mom turns around and she's like, so how did it go out there? And he was just like real silent. And then when the dad gets in the car and the dad like, do you know what he, Ralphie just said? But the whole thing would the whole funny thing I thought was funny about the whole scene was the dad. They were explaining they always explain the dad as like certain small little things where he's like an expert on like he's an expert on turkey. He's an expert on furnaces. He's an expert on this. So like they were like he's an expert on changing tires now. And he did, he gets in the car and it was so funny because he gets in the car and he's all pissed off because, you know, Ralphie just said the F word and the mom just looks at him and she goes, yeah, that was eight minutes. And he was so pissed about like how long it took him to, to, yeah. to do the tire. And it was just so funny when she says that, cause it was just like a nice little, like little quick little quirk towards him. And then he goes, yeah. You eight minutes without bolts. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. But soap Ugh. in the mouth. Have you ever had soap in the mouth? I don't think so. Not as a no, punishment. That was, that was never a thing that my mom, my, my mom never did that. We no, got in I trouble a lot growing up, but we never had soap I, in the mouth. What I didn't like about it too was just that the soap, well, okay. The nice thing was that it was a really fresh new bar of soap. So that's kind of nice. Not, not nice, whatever. Come on. <laughs> I'm not running a torture camp here. <laughs> But basically, it could have been like, you know, like a hairy, like used pubic bar soap, but it's like nice and fresh. But the thing is, it's so big for a little kid's mouth. (laughs) That would be so painful to just like, even aside from the whole, there's soap in my mouth poisoning me, your mouth, ow. But, But the mom, to her credit, she does try it out. And she's like, oh yeah, gross. Well, nowadays, uh, this is another, uh, nowadays, a lot of people use body wash. They don't even use like bars of soap anymore. To to abuse their kids? No, to wash their bodies (laughs) with. Yeah, I know. So therefore, would you like make your kid gargle body wash? I don't know. I don't think you're allowed to abuse kids anymore. (laughs) I don't think you're allowed to either. That's what I worry about. Now you get, when uh, the mom was asking Ralphie where he had heard it from, Oh, and Ralphie yeah, yeah. did like not that. want to say that he heard it from his dad because that's 
where he heard it from was his dad yelling at the furnace. You hear it throughout the whole movie, the dad yelling at the furnace, like swearing at the furnace. And yeah, echoing from billowing from the basement, his <laughs> his screams and curses. Now, did I didn't I didn't pick up on it and I didn't rewind it to see. But when he threw his friend under the bus, Swartz, I wonder, is that Flick? Or did, did oh God, they even say, I, I know his last name was Swartz, but I didn't pick up if it was Flick or not. Because no, when, I missed that. when the mom calls Swartz's mom, Swartz gets a beating. Oh, yeah. She, and that would not screaming. happen anymore. No, it would just be like no more screen time or something. Yeah, go to the corner or you know go to your room or something like that. She literally beats Swart, Swartz because oh, yeah. all you hear is "Mom, don't hit me, Mom, don't hit me." <laughs> yeah, what did I it's do? Kind of what funny. did I do? Oh my god! And then you get the third uh, dream sequence uh, because he's laying in bed now. Ralphie's laying in bed, and uh, he <laughs> the the dream sequence is him being soap poisoned. And he's walking in the house. He walks in the house, and this is years and years after not seeing his family. Oh, and he walks yeah. in with a cane and dark glasses on, and now he has become blind because of the soap poisoning that his mom has given to him. And the parents were all shaken up and everything. Oh my god! And the dad's like, "I told you not to put soap in his mouth," and they're hugging him and stuff like that. I thought that was a pretty fun little, little quick little uh, dream sequence too. And then, so he's been waiting for this decoder yep. from little this Annie. little orphan Annie decoder. And I love that. I love uh, I love little cheap, stupid toys that were really exciting as a kid for some reason. I remember being really excited over just dumb toys for really long, like just even really cheap uh, McDonald's toys that you would get. So I, I feel really time. I, I feel really dumb right now. I just googled little orphan mm-hmm. Annie. It's Annie. Mm-hmm. Do you know Annie? Yeah, I know Annie, but that has no association to me with a radio show. What would that be? She it was, was her. Like, it, it's it was a about hard knock life. Yes. For us. Why would he be interested in that? That's I a don't... bunch of little girls. I don't know, but this not whole to be time so gender specific. But come on, Ralphie is not. He doesn't talk to a girl basically the whole time. But this I'm whole saying. time, I didn't click in my head that it was Annie, like the Annie. I thought yeah. it was like some random like thing, but it was in a legit like. Well, it can't radio be more show. specific. Like little orphan Annie, it even refers to her orphanhood. I, I I'm sure there's more than one orphan in the history that's been named Annie. Go ahead, just make me feel dumber. There you Absolutely. go. <laughs> no problem. No, but so he gets the toy. He gets the decoder thing. It's super cool. He's decoding a message. He feels like he's in on some secret that mm. only he and the other uh, faithful uh, little orphan nanny. So you mentioned earlier. So have you, Chad, ever done anything like this where you wrote in or did anything and got any free thing that you felt like you're on the inside track? Yeah, we used to like when we were growing up, me and my brother used to like collect like the the box tops off of. The cereal boxes, you, you would get like the uh, the Kellogg's or the oh, General Mills like the box tops and you could send it in to get like a stupid plastic toy or whatever. We never sent them in. We always just keep them in baggies like we oh had like a God. baggie full of them. But the one time I sent something in was uh, 
there was this, I'm sure you've heard of them, slush puppies. No. You get it out of the ice machine and you could put flavor shots in them and it was like an ice drink. You never heard of slush puppies? No, I don't. It's a main thing, probably. I don't know. I'm from Maryland. Slush yeah, there was, puppies. Yeah, there was like this, it was like this soda machine kind of thing. But in the middle of the soda machine, it was just, all it did was spit out crushed ice. So you would put the crushed ice in a in a cup. And then you had flavor shots where you could just like squirt. Sweet. It's awesome. They were the best things ever. But on each cup, they would have uh, what they would call like uh, paw prints. And each paw print would have a different number on it for equal to whatever. And I saved up enough paw prints and I sent them in and I got these really cool slush puppy glasses that were plastic. And they had like the little slush puppy logo guy on top of each lens. They were the greatest things ever. I wish I still had them. It's awesome when you win something too. My boyfriend was telling me recently and I really, I didn't want to know this, but he told me that he used to have so much stuff from Marble, Marlboro Miles. Yep. I can't say Marlboro. 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 Yeah. Marlboro. Yeah. He had a bunch of stuff, but he was never a smoker. He was just a scavenger. <laughs> he just collected the points. <laughs> that part was so, like, smoking is disgusting. Like, yeah. I don't want any smokers around me. Yeah. But if you are walking the streets to find empty cigarette packages you are <laughs> you've got something else i worry no he's, he's fine probably but anyway so he decodes the message and he finds out it's just a commercial yeah, which of course it is yeah. and, he, and he it's kind of it's another thing that chips away at his childlike wonder yeah this next scene the next scene i think is one of the funnier scenes uh in the in the whole movie because uh, it starts off by saying, you know, um, Ralphie uh, commentating on what's going to happen. It, he says this is one of the most controversial family issues in the history of our family. Well, you know, what had really ha- transpired in this scene. And you get the mom in the living room cleaning and oh, the dad's no. downstairs fixing the well, quote unquote, fixing the furnace. And all of a sudden you hear this big bang. And the dad runs upstairs and goes, what was that? And he runs into the living room and the lamp is laying on the ground, broken all the pieces. And this is one of the only parts in this whole movie where I actually almost started crying because I felt so bad for the dad. Like he had gotten this thing that he had won and he was so proud of. Yeah, it's destroyed. Whether you think the mom did it or not, it was just transpired to be into this really funny scene where... You could kind of see the acting chops on both. Oh, but it's so upsetting. Just like you said, it was so upsetting. But I like that he says, you were always jealous of this lamp. (laughs) Like, that's hilarious. She's like, jealous of what? Jealous of the lamp. It's so funny. (laughs) I don't know. But Uh, moving on to the next part, I want to go over this a little quickly, but you might want to spend more time on it. But just like he gets the grade on his, what do you want for Christmas from Miss Shields? It's not the A++++. Plus that he expected. It's a yeah. C plus. And she writes, you'll shoot your eye out, which is the message, of course, that everybody remembers from the movie that he's been hearing from all the adults. Yeah. That's you so get, um, sad. This is where you get the fourth dream sequence, too. And I'm just going to mention it real quick because it's like not really that important. But uh, the dream sequence is the mom and the teacher because he's like, the my mom must have got to the teacher. 
and it's them both yelling out, "You'll shoot your eye! You'll you yeah, shoot your eye out!" Eye. Yeah. So that was the fourth dream sequence. Oh, I like that. Oh God, this this next part is especially harrowing to Dis- me. Disappointed Dis- Ralphie walking home, and then he's disappointed. It's like a Charlie Brown, but then it's the mall, the mall scene. Oh no, this is. Are you gonna skip? You can't skip over this. This is where the. the Another iconic scene in this is where oh the bully scene sorry yeah like disappointed disappointed Ralphie's walking home and the bully runs into him oh and, god and so, that's why I blocked it out I hate it and Ralphie's just not gonna take it this time and uh, Scott Scott gets beat up by Ralphie and he gets beat up bad there's like, blood really bad and then Ralphie's just on him like wailing on him. And then Grover Grover runs away and he goes, I'm going to tell my dad. <laughs> he runs away. It's so funny. And then the little brother goes and gets the mom. But and Ralphie then- isn't just beating the crap out of Farkas. <laughs> cursing up a storm. I, I swear I heard the N-word and I was like, what? Probably- no, you didn't hear the N-word. There's... <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't hear the end. No, and then the thing was that he, he was afraid he would be in more trouble for cursing than for punching the blood out of a jaundiced, abused little boy. Oh, it was face. such a great scene because, like, it was like one of those redemption scenes. I didn't get bullied growing up. Like, I we didn't That's have bullies sweet. and stuff like that. But watching movies and stuff and, and seeing how it does exist. Oh yeah, it's like one of those. It's like one of those times. Like you're like, all right. The bully actually got what he deserved. And the mom, I think at the same time, the mom kind of understood. Because, yeah. like, Ralphie's bawling his eyes out now. And he's crying and crying and crying. He goes into his room. He's crying some more. And like, yeah, she rescues his glasses. It's fine. And at this point, it's a funny scene, too, because you get Ralphie in his bed crying, waiting for his dad to come home because he's pretty much thinking like his dad's gonna beat him and then you get the little brother under the sink crying (laughs) because crying she opens up the the cupboard door and he's like daddy's gonna come home and beat ralphie (laughs) how does that give you such joy like why does that give you because it reminds me of me me growing up like my mom would send us to her room and go wait until your dad gets home and we would sit there and wait until our dad got home. And most of the time, our dad did nothing to us. I mean, we got some beatings in our lifetime. I mean, I'm Just not going to lie. the anticipation of, like, dads coming home. That's so weird. I didn't grow up with, like, a two-parent ha- in the same place at the same time. <laughs> it was... You know what I mean? So they, ne- they could never play. They could never play off of each other in that kind of psychologically manipulative way. It was... It was- it was it was so funny because like it all depended on what kind of mood my dad was in when coming home from work. Like if he came home, I, I mean, uh, we grew up in the we grew up in the late eighties, so it was like it was like on the cusp of when you could actually hit your kid. Oh yeah, you could definitely still hit your kid. And, but it, it was like on the cusp of that, like of it wasn't okay, but it was okay. So it was like teetering on a on a line at that point. And I remember growing up and me and my brother, because me and my brother are only like three years apart in age. We would get to the point where we would team up on my mom because my mom would like grab a 
a rolling pin or a spatula and chases around the spatula? house with it. Spatula? Yeah. And chases around the house with it. And like you, she would hit and she would hit us with it. You were beaming from ear to ear recounting the story of your childhood beatings. You so, are gleeful right now. So I remember the point at which me and my brother would team up on my mom and we would grab the spatula from her and we would chase her around the house with the spatula. <laughs> and that was to the point where she would send us to our room and uh, tell us to wait for our dad to come home. And then whatever mood my dad was in, he, he definitely had a belt that he would like, you know, slap us across the ass with. And uh, that hurt. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, yeah, my house, it was the wooden spoons. It was always like... Yeah, the wooden, the wooden spoon spoons. is another one where my mom would chase us with a wooden spoon. Yeah, the, and The kid beating is different, yeah. It's because it's always the butt. My dad, but, all right, I'm going to go back and say this. My dad never beat us, but he oh. would definitely hit hit us on the bottom. Uh, he would hit us on our rear ends with the belts and make sure, like, we, we, knew, we knew what was up, you know? Oh, that's why so many people have that fetish now. Gosh, I'm sorry. It always goes back to fetishes. But yeah, no, it, yeah, Santa, no. no, we got to go to the mall now. Yes, we're to the mall. I don't want to go there. It's yes, bad. It's bad the there. It's bad we there. The creep, we get the creepy Santa. Everybody's so creepy. The line is yes, long. The All the adults are so mean. They're like, the line starts back there. And it's like, dude, you're <laughs> an adult, man. Can't you recognize that this child, but I get it. It's just from his perspective of how that adult treated him. He was probably like, oh, sorry, kid. Yeah, Santa's terrifying. Has a red nose because he's a drunk. Clearly, the elves are both mean, and it is kind of funny how the bells in front of the one elf's face, and she's like, bah, bah, bah. "It's really upset." <laughs> but, but like you, but like you said earlier, you got to remember this is him. Yeah, retelling the story from the eyes of him being a kid. Yeah. Exactly. So like, like this, this might not even have been how it really was. But as a kid, you look at things differently. And they, and Santa, when you're a little kid, Santa does seem a little yeah, creepy, is, and the little yeah. elves seem a little creepy. No, he so, is. Yeah, but yeah, it's Santa's just this are creepy. Santa's such a good scene. Yeah. No, but then there's all this tension built up because the mall's about to close, and then and Ralphie Santa is his last ditch effort at getting this BB gun because he's lost hope that his parents will buy it, but he still believes in Santa. So that's also the other thing where he's like kind of still a child, but becoming older. He still believes in Santa. He thinks that the mall Santa is Santa and that he just has to tell this man what he wants, but he freezes up and he can't do it. And that, oh my God. And my heart just sinks it's just so and then they kick him down the slide which is so theatrical too be like the kids just throw him down a chute such an iconic scene when he when he has his foot on ralphie's head oh my gosh yes no but because ralphie spins he's getting pushed away but then he spins backwards and catches himself so he can face so he's yeah belly, belly down on the slide facing the santa and tells him what he wants and then he gets pushed down the slide by santa um, with the foot on the head, I've done that like at a slide at Brownstone Park. Not mm-hmm. really; it's not the same thing. But I accidentally—I was with my my little sister, and I 
I was going down the slide. We had to wait a long time for it. And I flipped onto my belly and I was going backwards down the slide, looking up terrified at my sister who was very scared too. Like, cause we didn't know how I was going to fall. And then um, the guy who was like running, he was very nice. He was like, he just said to my little sister, don't go down the slide like that. Like, just don't do that. Mm-hmm. I got scraped up. It wasn't good anyway. So, but Ralphie did that. He told Santa what he wanted. Oh my God. But it was really, it was really a lot. It's very strange. All these weird people at the mall too, which apparently are just, there were real, actual weird people. Yeah. That they cast. They didn't cast them. They were just actual weirdos from the mall that they were like, let's put them in the scene and have them act with this child who's already, oh my God, the sadistic elves. Ho, ho. Ho, ho. (laughs) Goes down the slide. Kicks them down the slide, yep. And then there's more Santa anxiety. Um, oh, God. Oh, my God. There was a line that the dad says, which is quicker than a jackrabbit on a date. <laughs> I think. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Somebody says it. <laughs> yeah, no, the, that, that whole scene is another one of the... I, I, I picked out, like, maybe four scenes in this movie that were I thought were iconic scenes that... Even if you hadn't seen this movie or you only watched it once and you can't remember it, like I think there's like four scenes in this movie where you really remember those four scenes. And I think this is one of those scenes because I think everybody can relate to growing up and going to the mall to sit on Santa's lap and take the picture or yeah, and how, you know, how awkward that is. And how awkward it is. And like as a kid, like you were excited to go do it. But at the same time, you're actually pretty scared about doing it because yeah, it's like he's this... like a celebrity. Yeah, exactly. Like you're like it's Santa. Like it's same thing with the Easter Bunny. The Easter Bunny, I would go get my pictures taken with the Easter Bunny too. It's like being like to an adult, like you're gonna go sit in Michelle Obama's lap or something like that. Like it's yes. crazy. It's like too too big of a deal of a person. So but... the next the next scene, you get the, the they're they're putting on the lights and everything on the Christmas tree. Uh, the only thing I wanted to ask about this was it's it's now Christmas Eve. And they're now just putting the lights on. Do you think that's a little late? How like how early do you? I know I know from the last episodes that we recorded that you already have a you know your trees up and probably lit up and stuff like that. But I wonder if that was like something that happened back in the fifties and the late forties that they just kind of like put it up last minute. They didn't really like nowadays. Like people put it up like. Thanksgiving, like the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, I think things were a little shorter and faster back then. So I don't like know. it wasn't like, that much of a big deal. Maybe like it well, was a I big deal, also, but also part of it is that you need the tree. Like the lights weren't very safe back then. Well, so it wasn't safe at risk. his house, especially. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> so really, you didn't want to risk like having the tree drying out, so you couldn't have it for that long. But for me, like I don't know, I just have a fake tree. Yeah. Lit. I hate. Just the lights. Ugh, no, I don't want to do any of that. No. no, but yeah, it's probably just a movie thing. But I know it is. It does. This movie does fulfill one of your requirements, which it's that it does have actual Christmas on it. Yes, and that is important. And I get yeah. that for sure. But yeah, so they decorate the tree. It's Christmas Eve. They They're so the kids nervous. To bed. Yeah, they send the kids, send to, the bed. kids to bed. They're so nervous. It's like you got to go to bed because Santa's going to pass over this house if you're awake. Which is yep. like, oh, I love that. I love how adults get to do that to kids, but. I, it does kind of make you anxious. Like, there are all these like little psychological things you got to do to kids to make them behave. It's so fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, 
but yeah, but then, then it's finally Christmas. And so the, the whole tension of the movie, all the bad things kind of begin to be worth it because of this relief because Mm -hmm. it's Christmas. This is the payoff. Yeah. Payoff. There's this, you go to, ah, and I remember it, like this gives me a little bit of the tingle tangle. So you go downstairs and you see all this stuff under the tree and Santa came and oh my God, it's a miracle. It's so exciting. And and the kids, you know, they all, who gets to play Santa? And you get to see that they have these like kind of little uh, traditions that they have with the family. I love that. I love that. Oh, the, the um, but Ralphie gets this Aunt Clara onesie, <laughs> I think is amazing. So we're talking about what your aunt would do with like putting beads in your presents. Yes. I am, I have, I don't know when I, I, I'm an aunt, I try to, and I've never said it like aunt before. I don't know what's up with me, but I try to get my niece and nephew things that I think they would actually like, but mm. I should be doing this stuff. This, this onesie <laughs> is so good. Like she made this, this thing is really cool. I don't know. I love aunt Clara. She's cool. I would definitely rock it now. That like I would, I would wear that thing around. Mm-hmm. I just didn't understand the. Uh, I didn't understand the whole bunny part. I mean, what does bunnies have to do with Christmas? Was it just like something that she just made? I mean, I, I don't. I didn't think it really had anything to do with Christmas, but bunnies exist year round, Chad. Bunnies. I know they exist year round. Bunnies are forever. I mean, what what is an animal? Is there an animal that is? Like specific to Christmas? Like a reindeer? Like a dove? Like a, a reindeer? A dove was your first thought? Like two turtle doves? Yeah. Okay. There are tons. Yeah, all the birds in our in our rating system, every single one of those birds. I think there's only one bird, but there are a million birds. Are two you turtle joking? doves. It's all birds. Are you joking right now? Are you joking? Oh, okay. There's a Christmas. swan, there's a geese. There's turtle doves, French hens. French hens, turtle doves. Golden rings. I think that refers to some type of gold ringed pheasant. It's all birds. It's all birds. But they're all at the bottom of the list. I mean, you get to the top of the list is no more birds. It's people. Yeah, it's human beings that are being given as a gift. It's sex sex slavery. So, um, yep, yep. The only thing I want to mention in this scene, I, I, I love this scene because it's like, like you said, it's the big payoff. So like you get a like you said, there's a lot of stuff happening in this movie, and then you get this big payoff where it's a nice, uh, everybody comes together and everybody's happy. There's no fighting. There's no uh, nothing. And anything that's happened in the in the movie is kind of erased at this point, and we're just gonna have a big family get together. And one of the funniest things, two of the funniest things of the scene was when they first ran downstairs and I, I was definitely laughing because the br- little brother was running up to all the gifts and he would pick up a gift and he was like, oh boy, that's mine. And then you put it down and then you pick up a different one. He's like, oh boy, that's mine. And then you put that one down and pick up another one. And it was like for Ralphie and he just kind of put it off to the side and then you pick up it and then he's like, oh, a fire engine. Oh boy, that's mine. And like, oh, it was, it was brought back such great memories of just me and my brother's doing this like running yeah. downstairs running downstairs and just being so happy that we had so many gifts underneath the tree no matter what we got we always appreciated whatever we got but just the fact that there's so many gifts underneath the tree and then the other thing that i wanted to ask you was did you have any family traditions like they had a 
they had a tradition where every year somebody would be Santa, which yeah, we I did. We did that, uh, where one person would handle all the gifts and, you know, kind of take turns, you know, with each person. Because that's what we used to do. We used to do it one by one. Each person would open up one gift at a time. So it would last a little oh, bit longer, you know, instead yeah, of it being just like idea. this. It's just like this two-minute free-for-all where everybody's just like ripping paper open and stuff. We would hand a gift to somebody. They'd open it. We'd all cheer and be like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> laugh. Because my dad was like this guy that – my dad was the, the, the prankster of the, the group. And he would always yes. go to like the Dollar Tree store. And buy everybody like twenty different things from the Dollar Tree oh, store, okay. and like we would get this like most ridiculous. I remember the uh, the, uh, the first year, my brother worked used to work at uh, one of the casinos, and he was a security guard. So the first year that he was a security guard, my dad got him at the Dollar Tree store, like this little police badge, and like little <laughs> plastic handcuffs. And it had like a little radio, like a CB radio on it and stuff. And that was like something stupid that he got my brother. But like that was the kind of stuff that my brother would get. But yeah, we would have this tradition of, you know, one person would hand out all the gifts. Yeah, we had tradition. We did. We would wear matching pajamas. Oh, we didn't do so, that. And that was something we would get those pajamas near Christmas Eve to mm-hmm. wear uh, Christmas night. So then we'd be wrapping everything, unwrapping everything in our matching pajamas. That was the big one. And that was something, there were always these like crazy, uh, like Vermont country store flannel robes, but I love them. They were like all frilly and like, I I don't know. I need to get some of those robes now. I don't know what I'm thinking. (laughs) I've been sleeping all wrong with my just pajama pants. I love the Vermont country store. It has the best Vermont Country Store. It's the best. Um, it is the best. Uh, sponsored by Vermont Country Store. No, that's <laughs> I wish. Oh, my gosh. If I could meet the Orton brothers. Oh. Anyway. So the last thing I want to mention about this scene, for just for myself, was uh, the one out of the part, funny part that I actually laughed really hard at. It was the dad. And it was like a quick little thing, but it, he had a bowling ball. It, obviously, you can tell it was oh, a bowling yeah. ball wrapped up. Funny. So the mom that's grabbed the bowling ball. ball. What's this? Yeah, yeah. It puts it in his lap. And as she puts it in his lap, it like lands on his like, you know, junk. And he goes, ooh. And then he, his voice goes way up in the air. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That was a good gag. <laughs> yeah, it was a little funny little short little thing that uh, if you're paying attention to it, it was pretty funny. We have fun. But then, of course, it seems like all the presents are yep. gone. Yep. But then the dad, who the whole time you think is kind of not even paying attention mm-hmm. and this negligent kind of guy that's just into his own thing, he he says, oh, what's that behind the desk? And it's the gun. Yes. Oh, and I'm like, yay, a child's getting a gun. I, I feel so happy about it. <laughs> Manipulating me into feeling happy about arming children. But mm. so the, the kid gets the gun and then, you know, the dad's like, what? I had one when I was eight. And, you know, <laughs> you kind of understand kind of how the times change. Mm. Um, and then, of course, the worst thing that he's been imagining to happen, the first yep. thing, they should have just like taught him anything. Like gun safety is important, you guys. Yeah. But they just send him out to to shoot things. And he's so cute, kind of like, oh, like he's all serious about it. Immediately, I think it was the first shot first he shot. takes. First, first shot, shot he takes, ricochets back and hits him and breaks his glasses. But basically, he's... he's well, he hits a, the, the BB hits him in the gla- in the glasses, knocks his glasses off. And then he's all worried. He's like, oh my God. He's like, the one thing that everybody was telling me I was going to do, I did. He's like, I'm gonna, I shot my eye out. And then he realizes like it was his glasses that got hit. 
So he's looking for his glasses, oh, and he ends up oh. and, and he ends up stepping on his glasses, and now you get because throughout the the there was another scene in the movie earlier where he had broken his glasses earlier or lost them, and his dad was complaining about how he had to spend all this money on getting him new glasses. Oh, the glasses, I know it always. So I'm a glasses wearer now, but I didn't start wearing glasses until I was like 28 or so. Yeah, still just this uh this anxiety carried over from all these kids shows with kids losing or breaking their glasses. Like he, he steps on the glasses and then he has to come up with this elaborate lie because he doesn't want his gun taken away about an icicle, which I thought was pretty brilliant. I don't think the mother bought it at all, but she went with it anyway, Yeah, which was sweet of her. She's like, uh, it's Christmas. I'm just going to ignore anything bad happening and everything's going to be fine. But anyway, and then he you get the gets away with it. Rotten dogs come in the house. Those cute These little, goddamn those dogs. Cute dog dogs. They that shouldn't be in the house in the first place. I know, they really shouldn't. I don't understand how they how they keep An- getting in. Another sad moment for the dad because we all know because throughout the movie they've all, they've said it the dad loves his turkey. And you even get scenes of him just picking apart the turkey, like every little, little tiny little bit, and tasting the turkey. These dogs attacked that turkey. Yeah, they took it to town and lick it clean. Yeah, lick and it then clean. They really did, and it was kind of yeah. So you see that the dad's so disappointed that his favorite part about Christmas is lost. But then they go to a Chinese restaurant, Chop Suey Palace. The last iconic scene in the, the movie. The last scene that everybody—it's the racistest. Racist. Most controversial scene in the whole movie. Most racist scene, but you can't cut it because it's so important. Yes, it is. Um, uh, the 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 singing of um, uh, <laughs> la 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 la. La, uh <laughs> occurs. The classic L to R inversion. Um, <laughs> sorry. And then, uh, but then I love it because they they get introduced to. This duck, Chinese, Chinese turkey, turkey yep. as they call it. And the funny, like, the, the mother is just <laughs> laughing her ass off. Like, she's probably lit. Um, and they yeah, they don't like that the head is there. Yeah. And so the guy's like, oh, you don't like it? And just chops it off. And they all kind of scream. The dad, love- dad kind of, like, looks at it. And the dad it, it kind of, like, picks it up and kind of wiggles it a little bit. And then looks at the uh, the store. It must be the store owner, I'm guessing. And he goes, uh, what, do you not like the head or something? And the dad was like, well, it's smiling at me. Oh, uh, yeah. And then he just takes and chops it. And the mom, like you said, the mom was laughing hysterically. And then the kids started laughing. And it was just so funny. No, and it's sweet, too, because you can see that they, this kind of, on Christmas, all the kind of things that went wrong become part of the family tradition and the memories if everything had gone perfectly you probably wouldn't have even it wouldn't be a story There's yeah no story exactly there. yeah yeah this is the christmas story yeah um and i yeah i love the mother she's so just naturally glamorous I yeah think. yep and then you get the the last the the very ending of the movie you get a quick little scene where the mom and the dad are just sitting in the living room oh drinking wine yeah it's and so just like kind of looking out the window at the snow and then uh, cut to the to the uh, the kids. Uh, the little brother is holding his blimp, and then uh, Ralphie is holding uh, holding onto his Red Rider BB gun, sleeping with his gun now. So. <laughs> I don't know how that he stays is. strapped. He stays yeah. strapped. 
<laughs> no, I, I do love it in the end. So the whole movie to me is tension, 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 mm. building. And then the end is just a very calming relief of that tension. And it feels good. But yeah. the reason that it's not good is that they would play this 24-7. So it's just like tension, 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 relieve the tension. More tension, more tension, more tension, more tension. So that is the way that all cable decided to use this film to turn us all into, they created all of our anxiety for people our age. Um, so I blame it on whoever, I don't know, TNT. So that is A Christmas Story. Yeah. We did it. Yeah. So, Rating. Yes. Rating. So we rate from one to twelve on a twelve days of Christmas rating system. Yeah. Um. So, I think last time you went first, but do you want to go first again? That doesn't matter to me. I'll go first. Do um. I mean, overall, I I think this movie, like, I don't know how you can get. I I, I understand how people could get sick of this movie because it is on twenty four seven. You see it all the time. It's on TV, like, all the time leading, leading up to Christmas. But after watching this movie again, like, I, I see this movie every single year. And after Christmas, you're always like, yeah, I'm, I'm a little sick of this movie. But once Christmas comes back around, you get excited to watch it again. Like, you're like, oh, man, this is it, it comes to, it, it becomes a tradition within the movie, you know, to watch this movie that is very traditional uh heavy centric in in the movie itself so i love this movie um i think it's for all ages uh little kids to grown adults to senior citizens can watch this movie and they can all enjoy it um i think it's pretty much as close to as a perfect christmas movie that you can get um so i will give this movie 11 pipers piping that's pretty nice (laughs) that's pretty nice and a good justification uh all around all right i you could sense maybe my um from the beginning me saying that this movie upsets me it does upset me it makes me feel bad feelings but it's still a classic movie it's still a good movie compared especially when we kind of think about some of the movies that we're going to be watching Mm. um so i'm putting this kind of in the middle Six I'm sorry. I'm sorry to you. I'm sorry to everybody. I can't. That's fine. That's uh, just the way it is. I not every. I understand why. I understand how some people might not like enjoy this movie as much as much as other people. But I, I honestly think it is like one of the closest movies that you can get to being like a showing showing how it's. I, I'm I'm finding it hard to explain it now, like a normal Christmas. Like a lot of Christmas movies are, I to me, are a little out in the air. Like they over exaggerate a little bit. I guess it would be the thing I would say. I think this movie is as close. Are you as, saying that the Santa Claus? You're saying that it's impossible that a man could kill Santa and then become Santa? That's an exaggeration to you. How do you think it happens? I mean, I mean a little, but okay. <laughs> but I think this is a. I think this is one of those movies where it's like almost real. I mean, I yeah, think that's, I, I think, think that's, that's why I some don't like about it. <laughs> I think that's why what some people don't like about it is it's actually a real family dealing with real things. And there's no magic. There's no magic in this movie. There's no 
there's no Santa coming down the chimney. There's no, you don't see Santa in this movie except for the mall Santa. Like, there's no, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, there's yeah, no magic. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's a, absolutely it's real. not a fantasy. It's yeah. not built on any of this other type of, um, and he's such and he's such a great he's such a great great storyteller. I mean, he was a he was a famous radio personality, uh, the guy that narrates it. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, he he was like big in the radio world. And this movie actually came from uh, two different uh, books that he had written, like stories that he had written, and they kind of mashed them together. And uh, so they, it was all taken from him and just the way that he narrates the movie itself, uh, is, I mean, besides, um, what's his name? Morgan Freeman. I can't really think of a better, uh, voice for a storytelling kind of movie like this than, than this. So no, yeah, I agree. It is totally classic. It's if it didn't exist, I would miss it. No, that's not, that's impossible. But anyway, <laughs> I created a paradox anyway, but we did it. We really yeah. talked about a Christmas story. Uh, come back for us next time. We're going to be talking about uh Barry Brady Christmas, which is one of my favorites. Yep. Is it, have you seen it? No. Oh my God. It's so good. It's yeah. 1988. A Brady Bunch Christmas movie, so they're all grown up and they're going back home for Christmas. Can't so wait! I, you are so excited. Uh, so, but that's about it. And then after that, the the following episode, we're gonna have uh, Andrew Morgan on from the Nomcast podcast, uh, where he breaks down pretty much every single uh, Netflix original movie that comes out on Netflix. Uh, so we're excited to have that. He's gonna be the first guest. And we will be he he disclosed to us uh, what TV show he was going to because when we have a guest on, we're going to be doing TV episodes, uh, Christmas episodes. And he has decided to uh, present to us the Married with Children, one of the Married with Children episodes. Yes, we're so, so excited for that. Stay tuned for that. Yeah. And uh, if uh, if you don't catch us before Christmas, listen. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry freaking Christmas. <laughs> and a happy new year if you don't if you know if if you don't talk to us, you know, up until then. Merry Christmas, happy new years. Please All that again. jazz. All right. <laughs> Bye. Uh-oh. Bye. Christmas Carol. <laughs> Christmas this year. I just want my family. Thanks for the Christmas card you sent me, Violet. We're gonna have the happiest Christmas. And then to finish, we'll snuggle.